It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on 101.1 FM and 1120 AM, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. I am Coach Carrie Brinkgater, and I'm in studio with my amazing co-hosts today, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. We are so grateful that you have found us here. Maybe you are listening to us um, after the program aired. Maybe you're listening to our podcast, I Love Talk Network, or maybe you found us on our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. Wherever you're, you have found us, we're so grateful that you are here today. Um, Kathy, Marlene, hello. And I tell you what, here we are, uh, February. It's just awesome. I love this time of year. I mean, for me, it's the end of basketball season. We're embarking on playoffs. <laughs> All the things y'all know, my world kind of you know revolves around what 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 what's happening in basketball season. But Kathy, hey, how are you today? I am doing well. It's great to be with you. It's great to see your beautiful faces, and I'm excited about today's program and yeah. especially our our guests that we're going to be having. We had him on last September, and he provided so much insight just biblical insight about how to live intentionally God's way and walked us through some kind of big issues of conflict and difficulty in life and how to turn and pivot and begin to be abiding in God's word and addressing these things, not from a place of fear, but from a place of courage and Mm -hmm. uh, gentleness with both ourselves and others. And so we're going to be having him in with us today talking about building strong families because what more important thing could we do during this time that God has given us than to build strong families, to engage in those healthy relationships. And I know that, you know, families are really struggling. And so listening friends, we just want to kind of enter into this discussion with you and uh, get some really sound advice and some encouragement Maybe look at things that we're doing well and how to build on those things and maybe look at some things that we're not doing great and uh, how to kind of correct and pivot and start doing those things well. So I'm excited for the discussion today and just looking forward to it. Marlene, how are you doing? How was your Valentine's Day? Well, Teddy didn't give me anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your little puppy dog gave you no. a lot of love. He gave you love, Marlene. Kisses. Yes. Yes, and he's getting better about that. He, he um, I kept my daughter's dog, Yofi, King Yofi, uh, for a week. And uh, when Yofi left, suddenly Teddy was much more affectionate. So I was <laughs> like, thank you, Mom. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> but, he likes being the he likes being the king of the house. Yes, he does. He does. Yes. Yeah, and um, well, one thing I'm I want to continue to remind people about um, is it because it's so so very important is the Collegiate Day of Prayer, which is going to be held in Waco at Baylor University on February 29th. And I know we're well into the the, the prayer guide for that and all of that. We're 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 almost there. So please, everybody, please go to the website, collegiatedayofprayer.org, and adopt a college and continue to pray for our campuses, that God would show up on those campuses and bring revival. 
Um, I was uh, privileged to be at the uh, Collegiate Day of Prayer at Asbury College last year, and God really uh, did miraculous things. And so we'd love to see him come again and um, really put our young people on fire across America. So please make that part of your day and your week and until the 29th of uh, this month. All right. Ah, great. Thank you, Marlene. You know, our young people. As we talk about our young people, parenting is hard. I tell you what, it is one of the hardest jobs, if not the hardest job, that God has given to us. And the Bible tells us that children are a blessing and a gift to parents. Yet, there are times when we are left confused and worried and wondering, am I doing anything right because the enemy is in a battle to destroy our families. And I can tell you that from firsthand experience. Um, the enemy does not want to see our families succeed. He tries to draw a wedge between not only husband and wife, but parents and children as well. And, you know, parenting books can be helpful um, and give biblical advice on spe- specific topics and struggles The Word of God offers parents wisdom and encouragement. So I ask you this, you know, are you a parent that's trying to raise respectful, well-adjusted kids? Are you a parent who finds yourself maybe in a pattern of negative behavior and it's aimed at your children, you're expecting perfection, um, or, you know, you just feel like you're, you're in a negative cycle yourself? Are you looking for help, direction, and an encouraging word? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then you have found the right program today. Uh, A few months ago, back in September, we had an amazing guest on our program, uh, Dr. Chris Thurman, and we highlighted his book, Emotionally Healthy Christianity, Following in the Psychological Footsteps of Christ. I love this book. Um, I bought it. I have it. I have it dog-eared. I have it underlined. Um, this book really was is different. It 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 highlights Jesus's perfect emotional health, and I had never really thought about that before. This book and how he handles situations with perfection, <laughs> um, and is such a guide for us as we handle emotionally charged situations as we try to navigate our own emotions and um, and how to respond to the hard things of life. So we're excited to have Dr. Thurman joining us again today on Love Talk, and he's going to give us some guidance in the area of building strong families. Uh, Kathy, can you give us our key verse for today? Yeah, the verse for underpinning our program today comes straight out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Friends, I will tell you, God's word, if you just abide in that one thing and bring God's word into your family discussions, into your family activities, into what you do together as you engage, it will make a profound difference in the life of your family starting even right there. And I tell you what, this, this, these verses are very 
insightful to me because, you know, it says when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, I found that, and Kathy, I know you have found this too, um, that a lot of times dealing with young, young people or teenagers, it's so much easier to talk to them while you're moving your body yeah. instead of sitting and staring across at them at a dinner table. For you, Marlene, your daughter is, you know, um, older than our kids. And so sitting across a nice dinner with your daughter, I'm sure, is a, a nice way to, to communicate with her. But with teenagers, move your body, walk along the road, and magically they will start talking. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with that is the dinner's uh, for her are the best time because she has to, she has two phones. So they both get put aside and it's, nice. Um, it's nice to have that time where I've got her focus. Undivided attention. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's introduce our special guest today, Dr. Chris Thurman. Chris knew at an early age that he wanted to be a psychologist and that he was absolutely going to be helping people through difficult struggles in life. He earned his bachelor's degree in psychology um, from the University of Texas, a master's degree from East Texas State, which is now Texas A&M Commerce, and a doctorate in counseling psychology again from UT, um, and Dr. Thurman became a licensed psychologist in 1985, and he moved back to Austin and opened his private practice. He provides individuals and couples counseling, uh, conducts personal growth sem seminars, and has authored several self-help books. He and his wife, Holly, have been married for over 40 years. They have three grown kids and four incredible grandkids. Dr. Thurman, Welcome to Love Talk. We're so grateful that you're back with us today. I appreciate you having me back on. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. You know, like we said a few months ago, we were blessed to discuss your book, Emotionally Healthy Christianity. And today we'd like to continue to draw on topics highlighted in your book and your vast experience of working with families and couples and we, we do see that families are under attack from all sides. The destruction of our family unit is just happening in so many different forms and for so many different reasons. Um, our goal here on Love Talk is to discuss biblical application in our lives and discuss pitfalls that we might see and experience um, as we seek guidance from Scripture. So let's let's just start with our, our first question here, which we could probably spend the whole time on, talk, um, honestly. But um, in your experience, have you identified any areas that are, quote, unquote, repeat offenders as destroyers of families? Um, mm -hmm. secrets, deception, manipulation, um, what should we be looking out for? There are probably 500 destroyers of uh, family and marital <laughs> health. But, um, you know, the four yeah. that if we have time today that I'd like to see if we can zero in on would be the following. One is a tendency to take rather than give. That's a real enemy of family health and harmony. Uh, secondly is um, not owning your own feelings and actions in a family, but blaming them on others is another torpedo uh, to marital family health. Um, 
A third is not thinking accurately, biblically, um, and why the Bible talks so much about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, and therefore thinking biblically about each other, about life, about God, about whatever, um, you know, the whole thing about garbage in, garbage out. Mm. So that's another enemy of family, harmony, and health is you're not thinking accurately. You're, you're believing lies. And the fourth one is absence of godly sorrow when you hurt somebody. Mm. Uh, so those are the four that, you know, if we have the time, it'd be kind of fun to zero in on those and see how far we can get with them. I like wow. what you say. It will be kind of fun. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. This is such a heavy, serious topic. But I love that you're like, hey, we can get in here, have some fun and make some progress talking yeah. about these things. Mm-hmm. Because when you bring light to dark places, there's mm-hmm. light. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was mm-hmm. hidden, what was dark, even though what's uncovered can be difficult you now stand in a place of light, and that is a good place to stand. Well, I, I mean, I would love for you just to, to to get into this a little bit. We only have about one and a half minutes left in this segment, but talk about taking rather than giving. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> there there are a number of interesting statements about Christ in the Bible, but one of them is that he came to serve, not to be served. Hmm. Uh, I think that's staggering. Um, here you have God in human form, and he's serving us. Uh, that's mind-blowing. So I think if a family is going to be healthy, they have to commit to this as a core value, is that we're going to serve one another. And I specifically teach my families and my couples to think about that in terms of emotional needs of emotional needs that would include things like attention appreciation respect comfort encouragement understanding if we're going to be a healthy family we absolutely have to serve these needs in others not as a doormat we'll talk about boundaries later but um, we have to on the give rather than the take so to me that's just uh, an important issue for families being the kind of families that god wants them to be Wow, that's huge. So no silent treatment, no withdrawing and refusing to work through conflict, no emotional abandonment, but pressing in and and being available in those emotional needs and um, serving. I, I love that. Well, friends, you're going to want to stay with us for this conversation. I would say this life-changing conversation that we're going to con- continue on Building Strong Families with Dr. Chris Thurman and the Ladies of Love Talk right after this. Stay with us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. 
If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Are you looking for a new church home? Or maybe you're new to the area. Either way, we here at First Baptist Church Pflugerville would love to welcome you to visit with us this Sunday at 11 a.m. for our worship service. We have a myriad of different grow groups at 9.30 a.m. And if you need more information, just click the big orange New Here button on our website, fbcpville.org. We hope to connect with you in the near future. And we hope that when you do visit with us, you'll feel like family here. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-2580. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. We are here. You are here with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. And I'm going to call you our good friend, Dr. Herman, because you are a repeat guest here on Love Talk. And so we are here with Dr. Chris Thurman talking about building strong families and um, before we went to break there in the first segment, you used a term that I don't think can be overlooked. You said, um, here are some torpedoes mm-hmm. to family harmony and health. A torpedo is a type of weapon that mm-hmm. actually seeks out to destroy something. Um, and it, that's a very strong visual for me the torpedo and the four things you said are that um, these torpedoes that we're getting used to taking rather than giving um, that that is a torpedo to family harmony and health that we're not owning our own feelings and actions that we tend to blame them on others that we are not thinking accurately when it comes to um, bringing everything back to the Bible and to scripture. We're not thinking biblically about renewing our minds. And this one I really want to get to here too. Number four is the absence of godly sorrow when you have hurt someone. Um, that is that is very, very important. So this first point about taking rather than giving, uh, you said it's just so important to serve one another. A scripture that goes with this is Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Um, that serving one another is incredibly important. And Dr. Thurman, in your book here, Chris, Emotionally Healthy Christianity, you do highlight this um, in your 12 Habits of Emotionally Healthy Christians. One of your chapters is Seeking to Serve. <laughs> How do we do that when we feel like we've been wronged, when we feel like we are right 
and the other person is clearly wrong and we just want to dig our heels in. How do yeah. we get rid of that? <laughs> <clears throat> well, that that is an easier said than done thing, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're feeling hurt, the last thing, if you're like me, that you want to do is serve, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, as a believer, uh, the only answer I can give to that is that I can't defer to my I have to walk according to the spirit if in the midst of being hurt I'm actually going to keep being in service mode Uh, if you look at the life of Christ he was constantly being hurt by people but he stayed in service mode the whole time so there is something about uh torpedo uh you know we war not against flesh and blood but against spiritual forces of darkness the enemy's out to kill steal and destroy so he's out to torpedo every family he's out to torpedo every marriage he's out to torpedo every person so he goes after us with spiritual forces of darkness working on us hoping that we will turn into a selfish taker rather than a selfless giver I would say one other thing. Some people listening to this right now have been deeply wounded by others, and I don't want you to take this as me or anybody else telling you be a doormat, that you should let people take advantage of you, that you should let people abuse and exploit you, okay? That is not what we are being asked to do in Scripture, okay? Christ came to serve, not to be served, but he had really clean boundaries with people while he was here. And there were times when he cleared the temple uh, of certain people. Uh, so serving is out of the uh, strength of the Holy Spirit in you, but it, it doesn't lack boundaries or appropriate guardrails for how you'll let people treat you in return. I appreciate that distinction because we do want to be mindful that um, there are obviously marriages out there, family units out there that are um, not healthy because someone is definitely abusing power. And um, those those types of relationships are incredibly hurtful and harmful. And so thank you for making that distinction that we shouldn't just be a doormat, that there are healthy boundaries within a loving marriage relationship mm-hmm. um, that um, can help us grow in Christ. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that distinction for sure. So, you know, Dr. Thurman, as we're looking at this serving topic, let's just stay here just for another minute. Um you say that healthy families, healthy family units do a really good job of meeting each other's emotional and psychological needs mm-hmm. that they give each other attention and acceptance and appreciation, affirmation, encouragement, security, support. Um, give us a couple of examples or maybe one example of what that what that looks like in a healthy family. Well, if you zero in on support, for example, if if we agree that that's a psychological need, that's what Chapman's talking about. So tonight in my marriage to Holly, if I go home and I'm trying to love her 
okay, and I'm specifically trying to love her in acts of service, then I might go home tonight thinking about, well, what does she want or need my help with that might be uh, a way to love her tonight? So, uh, you know, another need is uh, attention. So if I'm going to go home and be a loving husband tonight, I need to not plop down on the couch, grab the remote, and want to be left alone for the next five hours. (laughs) I need to give my wife attention. Uh, I need to express appreciation for all that she's done today to keep the family running smoothly. So um, those are specific ways that we can meet a person's psychological needs. I would say that a healthy family starts with becoming more aware of what they are. So it's really important to know what the list of needs is. Well, to get to that list, that would be good copy me. I'd be happy for them to get it out of that. But the point I'm trying to make is awareness is half the battle. Uh, I tell my families and couples to type that list up and post it on the refrigerator, bathroom mirror, the dashboard of their car, and really talk to the kids. This is going to be a core value in our family. That's what we're going to be known for because we want to be healthy. We want to be functional, uh, not troubled and dysfunctional as we live with each other. So, You know, I, I love that. I think making people aware of what our needs are is so important. I was so proud of my daughter, Jordan, she is uh, at the dorms, and, you know, the dorms are only about a half an hour from our house out at BSU. And so she told her sister, her younger sister, Faith, I would like you to please come and spend at least one night a week with me at the dorms so we can have sister time. And so Faith said, yeah, okay, I can do that. And they spent the night. And and so now every Thursday night, Faith is going to spend the night at the dorms with Jordan, and they have sister time. And I just think it's so important that, you know, Jordan didn't play this game saying, well, if Faithy really loved me, she would offer this, or she would figure this out, or she would just want to do it. Um, somehow, if I have to ask, all of a sudden, um, they're not really meeting a need. But I think it is so important to make one another aware of our needs, not in a way that makes them guilty. If you love me, you would do this, but Mm -hmm. making them aware this would be very meaningful to me. I think having that conversation is so important. And I I would love to talk with you about, um, you know, guilt in families. When we talk about emotional health, um, you talked about one of these torpedoes of not owning your own Uh, emotions, but blaming others, you know, possibly blaming others for how you respond, blaming others for how you feel about things, um, rather than making them aware of, um, you know, owning your own emotions and stating it. And it seems like that could kind of segue into kind of unhealthy guilt mongering within families. Can you give us some examples maybe about owning our own emotions and maybe how we can catch ourselves if we're blaming others and we we just don't realize it. Well, uh, I would, I would say that um, I'm going to expand it to emotions and behavior both. Okay. So uh, what I'm trying to drive home there is the idea that healthy families, healthy marriages, healthy relationships in general cannot afford for anybody 
to blame their feelings or their actions on another person. You have to own that coming from you. Okay. So if the enemy's out to torpedo families, he wants families that are frequently blaming each other for their anger, for their hurt, for their sadness, uh, for ripping the door off of a hinge, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, a, a lot of times this is a tough teaching to uh, offer people because they'll hear that as, well, you're telling me not to feel. Mm-hmm. No, I'm telling you not to blame what you feel. Okay. Emotions are an inside job. Actions come out of your will. Don't blame either on people when they trigger you. Let's say somebody forgets their spouse's birthday. Well, in a typical marriage, uh, what the spouse on the receiving end of that is going to say is, you really hurt my feelings. And it's like you're headed the opposite direction from reconciliation to blame your hurt on what they did. That's why I teach couples and families to use I language. I'm really feeling hurt that you forgot my birthday is the right way to say it because you're owning your emotion and you're putting them on the hook for what they did. That's the boundary. Okay. If you look at the life of the Lord, you will never hear him blame his feelings on others or his actions. He never once said, you moneylenders are making me mad. Okay, you disciples hurt my feelings when you fell asleep on me. He didn't do that. He he was too healthy to do that. He didn't blame his behavior on people. Well, you moneylenders are to blame for me forming a whip and driving you out today. He didn't think that way. He didn't talk that way. And he didn't let other people talk to him that way. Well, Messiah, it's your fault that I'm walking away sad because you told me to go and sell all that I've got. It's like your fault that I'm sad. It's like he didn't tolerate that. So that's a two-way street. You do not blame your feelings and actions on others, and you do not let others blame their feelings and actions on you if you want to be healthy. Now, if you don't want to be healthy, knock yourself out. It's just going to be a mess uh, of a relationship. So. Before I get more on my soapbox, let me stop there for a minute. Well, you know, this is one thing that I find is that, you know, maybe someone within a dysfunctional family unit has actually come to know the Lord. And, you know, maybe the family unit are, you know, cultural Christians. They, they're not really living and abiding in God's word. They really don't revere God's word. They're, they're not following what the God says are principles of right and wrong and integrity and morals. But someone within that family has come to know the Lord in a genuine way and wants to pursue the Lord in a genuine way. But, um, you know, finding themselves in a dysfunctional family unit, what is the hope for that person? Well, there is hope. I I would say that. I I don't know what else to say other than God makes the rules and we have to comply with them if we want relationships to be healthy. I'm working on a new book called The Ten Commandments of Marriage, and it's a book about the ten rules that you got to play by if you want your marriage to be healthy and functional. And this is one of them. You have to own your own stuff. Okay. You cannot blame your reaction to life on the person riding your bumper, 
Okay. That's just not, when I was a child, I thought and I reasoned like one. Now that I'm an adult, I put away childish things. That's one of the childish ways of thinking that we've got to put away is that people cause you to feel what you feel. They cause you to act the way you act. No, not according to scripture. And so healthy families agree with that principle of owning your own stuff. Healthy families agree with using I language. I feel very angry at you that you left the back door open for the 103rd time and left five thousand flies in the house. Okay, now you're talking right. That's respectful. That's speaking the truth and love. And maybe we can go forward from here. And I'll work on not leaving the back door open anymore. Since it triggers you, not causes you to be angry with me, but triggers your anger toward me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so many practical applications. Well, I, I would love to talk about this third torpedo uh, that you introduced. It is uh, not thinking biblically or accurately, but believing lies. What are the lies that families are believing that are keeping them from thinking and believing accurately? Just talked about one of them, which is the lie that your actions cause my feelings. That's a lie uh, that a lot of families don't see as a lie. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to shift a little bit over into what we call narcissism. But another lie that a lot of families <laughs> fall into is I'm entitled to your love. I'm entitled to your attention. I'm entitled to your respect. And it's like, You're not thinking biblically because you're not entitled to that. The fact that God wired you to want it or need it does not entitle you to it. So that's another erroneous way of thinking. And if you look at the life of the Lord, it's staggering that here he is God, and he doesn't walk around the planet feeling entitled to people's respect. He doesn't feel entitled to people's appreciation. Um, He wanted it. You know, when he healed 10 lepers and only one of them came back to thank him, it's real clear from that story that only one had come back to express gratitude. But he wasn't bitter or resentful. That's the difference with entitlement is if you think you're entitled to something, you're just a step away from being bitter and resentful when the world says, no, I'm not going to give it to you. Even though it's right for you to want it, I'm not going to give it to you. So that's another lie of families. I grew up in a really legalistic church background and in a military family. And I think uh, two lies that I grew up with is thou shalt be perfect. (laughs) Uh, That was really damaging. Uh, Two lies, specifically productivity equals worth. Uh, those are really toxic ways to think is that you cannot make a mistake to err is not human and you, you better equate your worth to how much you produce. And it's like, that was the enemy getting me when I was young. That was the enemy getting my mom and dad because they grew up being taught that too. Um, generational drift of sin in certain lies being passed down. Is pretty scary, but those are some of the lies that I think can trip a family up, trip a marriage up. You know, I think it's interesting as well how sometimes God will allow conflict 
to expose some of the unhealthy things that are happening because, you know, uh, marriages don't tend to have too much problem when everything is going well, when the kids are healthy and the finances are coming in and the house is beautiful and the job's going great. But once conflict comes in, uh, once someone within the family unit steps outside of maybe what the rest of the family deems as best, how that family then responds really, I think, uh, uncovers a lot about the health within that family. Do you do you find, Chris, of families coming in uh, almost shocked about how things have fallen apart in a short period of time when they thought everything was perfect? I do. I run into that, uh, both on a family level and a couple level. Sometimes we buy into the lie that if everything externally looks great, that it must automatically be great internally. And very rarely do those align. Um, A lot of people have that facade of togetherness. I've got my act together. We're together and tight as a family. They'll come in and they'll be kind of like, man, we didn't see the number of that bus that just hit us as to how dysfunctional we really are. And, hey, Doc, can you help us figure out what's the reality of what we're doing and why it's going uh, south on us like it is? And it's always a pleasure, you know, to be invited into people's lives and try to help with that. I actually love the fact that you have people – that have recognized brokenness or mis, uh, miscommunication mm-hmm. and and come to you. Because so often, particularly if you're dealing with a narcissist, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, they're, no, yeah. I got it together because, yeah. you know, I'm the one. And, <clears throat> and uh, so that's, that is amazing. Are, are there signs in a relationship which you say, now come in? In other words, if if this is happening in the relationship, the best solution is to go get some help and some advice and counseling, yeah. or before waiting till it's too late is I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say. Well, unfortunately, most people wait until it's too late in the sense of they're already, you know, in a pretty bad place. I would say to every family and every couple. The uh, the three things that can be diagnostic that you need to come in are feelings of contempt <clears throat> toward each other and feelings of resentment. So if those toxic emotions are in play, you need somebody's help. Okay. So to me, that's the way that's where you'd look for, you know, get, steering them into somebody's office. And so did I hear you correctly that um, if someone, if if there is conflict happening, yet a person says, no, I refuse to talk through this because I am in the right. I refuse to engage and you must come and apologize. You must come groveling on your knees. I refuse to approach you. You're saying that 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 person who is refusing to engage that is kind of like a red light right there that that's the person who really needs to go in and and get a a perspective adjustment 
that would be a person who is more likely to have fallen partner uh, resentment and bitterness toward them. Uh, It's always diagnostic of back to narcissism. It's always diagnostic of a fairly narcissistic person. Uh, I'm not the problem. You need to apologize to me is what we call gaslighting. Because you're making the other person try to feel like they're the sick one. Now, there's nobody on the planet who doesn't have defects and flaws in their character. So everybody is the problem. But when you hear a narcissistic, it's not me, you need to grovel, you need to apologize to me and seek my forgiveness. I don't need to apologize to you for anything. It's like, man, that that's a person who's pretty hard to help. And that's a family that's not going to probably make much progress over time. Okay. You, you know, Chris, it's interesting. Um, there was a period in time where my husband and I were going to counseling, and I really thought that we were going to walk in there, and that counselor was just going to, you know, over the weeks, give my husband the what for, right? Like, <laughs> you need to be stepping up. You need to be. And I tell you what I found was – I was getting the what for, you know, um, it was, it was fairly equal, but you know what I mean? I had to have a heart check. I had to have a, um, a reality check like, okay, wow, Carrie, there are so many things that you have missed because of the giant plank in your eye. Um, and it's, You know, so that that was a a heart check for me, for sure, um, for both of us. Um, but you know, there's probably one person in the marriage or family relationship that really probably does think they're right, um, and so that's a a reason, like you said, to get into the scripture, to continually continually be looking in the scripture to renew your mind. Because when you get away from reading the scripture, when you get away from what God has planned for you, then you you do have tendencies to think that that what you're what you're doing is fine. And so getting into that scripture and renewing your mind is of utmost importance. Friends, we have one more segment with Dr. Chris Thurman here as we discuss building strong families. What a great topic. Thank you for joining us. And please stay tuned for more with Dr. Chris Thurman and building strong families right after this. Don't wait. Score the best deal on the home of your dreams at the three-time awarded Community of the Year Santa Rita Ranch. With top-rated amenities and school districts, our 20 available move-in ready homes priced from the 200s won't last long. See for yourself why 2,000-plus neighbors love life at the ranch. For more information, visit us at SantaRitaRanch.com. SantaRitaRanch.com. 
Are you recovering from an injury, need to regain your health, or simply want to improve your golf swing? HeartFlex can help. HeartFlex is an innovative exercise tool for all fitness levels. Made in the USA, HeartFlex has helped countless Texans improve their fitness by increasing strength, boosting circulation, maximizing flexibility and endurance, and speeding recovery from surgery. It's small, portable, and lightweight. HeartFlex can be used standing, sitting, or lying down. No springs or rubber bands to snap back and cause injury. At less than $40, shipping is free and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Nothing can stop you from improving your health today. You can learn more and to order yours, visit HeartFlexUSA.com. That's HeartFlexUSA.com. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge Austin. I'm Kathy Indebrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkater and Marlene McMichael and our incredible guest, Dr. Chris Thurman. And Dr. Thurman is talking through with us to how to build strong families. And, friends, that is what we want to be about. We want to be building strong families in these times that we are in. Well, in our first couple of segments, we have talked about um, that we want to be giving rather than taking, that um, we want to own our own emotions and our own actions rather than blaming others, that we want to be thinking biblically and accurately and not be believing lies. And something that we haven't gotten into, but we will in a moment, is that we need to have godly sorrow when we genuinely hurt someone. And so we're going to be talking about that in our last segment. But we do want to touch on something with you, uh, Dr. Thurman, real quick. You said that two of the lies that families believe are that somehow our value is tied to our productivity and that there is a need for perfection. And I, I could I can definitely see this in families. We need to understand that we're each other's biggest cheerleaders. And this family will never leave you, never abandon you, never forsake you. But it is not because of what you can do for that family or how perfect you can be or what you can produce, but because of your position within that family. Well, those two lies are really deadly. Um, The first one is basically worth equals performance. That's from the enemy. Because, of course, he would want you to attach something as precious as worth to something that fluctuates like performance. You have a sense of worth that fluctuates along with your day-to-day performance. Uh, on that, I work with folks really hard on <clears throat> we're going to anchor worth where the Bible anchors it, and that's in that you are a fearfully and wonderfully made image. Mm-hmm. That's why you have worth. You don't need to go out there looking for it. You already have it. 
because God made you in his image. That's where you get worth biblically, not performance. That's what the world does. And you're told not to be in the, you're told to be in the world, but not of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want us to reject the world's approach to worth, which is performance and accept God's approach to worth, which is you're my image bearer. Um, so, and then the other issue is I think scripture, not to get psycho babblish, but I think scripture teaches excellence, not perfection. Mm. So there's no way that God is after having died on the cross, turning around and saying, now I expect you to be perfect. That's the reason he came, is that we can't be in our own flesh. But it makes perfect sense that he would say, I want you to move in the direction of my perfection. That's what I want you doing. Mm -hmm. That's called sanctification. So to me, Scripture does not preach perfection. It preaches growth over time until God takes you home. Uh, so that's that's the way you, I think, need to look at that. You know, I love that point because if you are perfect, what work do you need to do? What 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 growth needs to happen? What process mm-hmm. of sanctification needs to be taking place in your life if you are already perfect? Yet there is that work towards the perfection of Christ, which you know we're not going to attain here on this earth. Thank you so much for delineating Mm -hmm. between those two. I would love to have you um, talk about, talk towards this final point. And you say that it can be a torpedo within Mm -hmm. relationship and a torpedo within building strong families. And it is this, the absence of godly sorrow when you hurt someone. Can you talk towards that for us? Well, in human relationships, the issue isn't, are we going to hurt each other? That's a given, right? Our flesh is too fallen for us not to be wounding at times. So the issue isn't, are you going to hurt somebody? Are you going to be selfish, immature, or lazy toward them? Yes, of course you are. The issue is, are you going to be sorry? Now, the Bible distinguishes between what it calls worldly sorrow, which I think is a reference to psychological guilt, which is not the real deal. And godly sorrow that leads to repentance, okay? In terms of, guys, when we do selfish, hurtful things, we are going to apologize, we're going to own it, we're going to ask people to forgive us, and we're going to have the kind of sorrow that we would have hurt a family member that leads to us repenting of that action over okay? If you uh, look at the prodigal son story, um, that to me is one of the most important stories in all of scripture. Um, so, uh, what, what you have in that is really powerful as a, what we're talking about. I have a younger son who asked for his inheritance early. And in those times, that was the same thing as asking that your father was dead. It was basically saying, I wish you were dead, but because you're not, can I go ahead and have my inheritance now? Really wounding and offensive to a father and to a family system. So the rich young son goes off and lives riotously in a foreign land, but he comes to his senses. He ends up experiencing godly sorrow that led him to repent, come out of the foreign land, asked for his father's forgiveness, and the father ran to meet him, could tell that 
deal. You know, he wasn't just having psychological guilt and asking for 50 more bucks so he could go back into the foreign land. It was the genuine thing. I just want to be a a servant in your house is how you could know it was godly sorrow. The older brother is the more interesting person in the story, I think, because he's the one who didn't even have a sense that he was doing anything injurious to the family. He very hurtfully says, this son of yours, you never even gave me a dime for me and my friends to have a party. And it's like, man, this guy is acting out his hostility. And he was the one who didn't have genuine sorrow because he didn't think he needed it. He didn't think he was doing anything wrong. That's a very interesting story about who's going to be invited into the party tent. Okay, you cannot reconcile with somebody if they will not own having been injured. And if they are not sorry, they are not safe for you. And that's why he wasn't invited into the party tent or he wasn't able to go. So I don't know if that's making any sense, but I'm just saying genuine godly sorrow has to be what's running the show in a healthy family and a healthy marriage for repair work to be done. uh, psychological guilt where you feel bad because you did something that you feel bad about having done, that's not the real deal. That doesn't lead to a changed heart, and the Lord's not in that. Mm -hmm. Wow, these are are so great. We want to be on the lookout for these torpedoes um, in our family unit, and we want to be able to guard against them by diving into scripture. Um, you know, uh, Chris, this is, is so awesome. Uh, you give families hope by guiding them to scripture. Uh, give our listening friends some hope whenever, you know, they might feel like, oh, it's too late. Like I've, I've already done all this damage and I don't know if I can get my family back. Is it ever too late? I do not believe it's ever too late. Uh, I believe that with we can always make a choice to repent. We can always make a choice to go to God and ask for his power to turn and go a whole new healthy direction. Whether or not people accept us back is out of our hands. So I want to listening look. Don't let that be where you focus, okay? All you can do is all you can do, okay? And if you're repentant on your end, then you are honoring God, you are honoring your family, you are honoring your marriage. If they do not take you back because they're bitter and resentful and unforgiving, that's not going to be held, uh, that's not going to be held against you. So we do we have hope? Yes. Why? Because God is real. Okay. God is real. That's why we've got hope. Okay. And he is ready, willing, and able to empower us to live healthier, more Christ-like lives that can lead to the repair of a family, a marriage, if others are willing to play by the same rules. So there's hope. It's not false hope. It's genuine um, we just need to do what we can do and then see if other people are ready to throw the party, get into you know, the reconciliation tent. I love that. God desires to heal families. God desires to heal relationships. 
And Chris, I know that there's going to be uh, listeners today who are thinking, okay, I need to get time with this Dr. Chris Thurman guy. I want to uh, find out how he can help me. I, I need what he is saying. You, they can go to drchristhurman.com. It's D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-H-U-R-M-A-N.com, drchristhurman.com. And, Chris, you uh, go and speak to churches. You lead weekend retreats. You lead seminars. Uh, there are, you, you've produced, published these incredible books as resources that people can begin getting into and growing and learning these positive behaviors and begin walking in hope for their families. Um, and we just thank you so much for being on the program, friends. I just encourage you, drchristhurman.com and churches, if you want to have Dr. Thurman come and do a weekend to come and lead a seminar, you can reach out to him at his website there as well. Well, I appreciate being with you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Real pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Thurman. Friends, we're so grateful for you here at Love Talk. Um, Man, we hope that you have enjoyed this program, Building Strong Families with Dr. Chris Thurman. As always, you can find us on all the socials. You can find us on our podcast as well as our website. For Kathy Endebrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.